Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Guys, we are your pair that questions <laughs> things about ghosts and gremlins. <laughs> you said something really good earlier. Yeah, I forgot it. It was along those lines, so it counts. It, it breezed over my <laughs> mind. Today we are brought to you by our fantastic patrons over at www.patreon.com slash youmeanapoltergeist. Yes, we are. And speaking of patrons, today we have a special guest who is a patron of ours in the Dark Magician tier. He's the host of the Adventuring Guild Network with many podcasts under his name. He's our best friend, a father of two and a husband of one. It's Bob! Thanks for specifying that husband of one. I was really concerned there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we weren't going to break your secret of, you know, all the all those wives all you've the taken. Polygamy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so... Obviously, our audience has heard of you near every single episode, Bob, <laughs> because we mention you in one way or another, or you're there listening and we're interacting with you. But why don't you give those who may not know too much about you an idea of, you know, who you are, what your podcast is about, or the podcast, and uh, perhaps, you know, what you do for a living, et cetera. Basic. What's your credit card number? Yeah. You know, yeah. Basic. <laughs> yeah. Security. Social security. Uh... Yeah, let me grab my wallet real quick. Got to read those numbers out correct for you. <laughs> Hold on, let me get a pen. <laughs> Maybe like a list of all your worst fears and your exact day-to-day schedule as well. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'll even tell you where the uh, spare key is kept on the house there. <laughs> yeah, just the basic info, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, uh, I'm Bob. Uh, like I said, uh, or like you guys said, I run the Adventuring Guild Network. Uh, the primary podcast we have out right now, uh, the Homebrew Review, is kind of the flagship. Uh, all the nerdy D&D goodness uh, of homebrewing content, even the terrible, terrible D&D wiki stuff. Uh, and then we've also got the chaos plan that I'm currently uh, working on getting the channel separated out so that we can have our other show on that channel and keep the two separate. Uh, and there might also be another couple of future podcasts in the works. Uh, right now we're working on expanding the network out. So uh, I'm talking with two individuals right now on possibly getting some new shows up. So we're going to see what ends up happening with that. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I guess the main reason why I'm on the show is uh, because I manage the motel at the Piner Village Motel uh, and Campground or whatever. I manage the motel portion of that museum, and uh, it is very, very spoopy at times. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, so 
obviously being someone who is a curator of a haunted <laughs> <laughs> village of sorts, <laughs> yeah. uh, you must have had your fair share of haunted kind of paranormal experiences, but would you be able to remember your perhaps first or one of your first sort of paranormal experiences you've ever happened across? Yeah, uh, the first one I don't actually remember because uh, I had a TBI, a traumatic brain, gen- ba- ah, traumatic brain injury, clear back in 2003, and so my memory is absolute shit. But um, so, uh, but the first one that I know that I've encountered because I brought it up to my parents was uh, way back in. Let's see, it would have been 2005 ish. Uh, Working, living basically at the museum, uh, I helped out when alarms would go off or when uh, we had to do any kind of moving displays around after it closes, that kind of stuff. I would help out a lot, um, even though I was still in middle school, high school. Um, and I remember going through one of the car buildings, and all of a sudden, I heard doors slam, like a car door slam. And, of course, I freaked oh. out. The place was closed. Nobody was supposed to be in there. Uh, but I was able to uh, kind of look around, and nothing was disturbed. Nobody was in the building, completely empty. Uh, but I could smell car exhaust as I was emptying the bil- or as I was leaving the building. So that was probably oh, one of my first experiences. And I've heard that from other people, that they've experienced that same smell of car exhaust or... Um, the sound of cars being slammed or a motor turning over, uh, those kind of noises while they're in those buildings. Oh, my God. That's so interesting. I got goosebumps when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the place isn't super haunted, as in, you know, paranormal activity on a weekly basis. Uh, You know, we'll go months without anybody reporting that they've heard or seen anything. But then out of nowhere, uh, like three or four times in a row or three or four days in a row, something strange will happen and then it goes flat for a while again hmm. well, they're like oh just letting you know it's still haunted but <laughs> yeah <laughs> a month off again <laughs> the spirits like looking at their calendar like uh, we should probably let them know we're here about now it's been about a few months <laughs> pretty much and it, and it follows the full moons and the different you know cycles of things uh pretty close so in the fall is when we uh, get most of the tractor noise so around harvest time oh. in uh, September, October type, uh, or during those months, we'll end up having like people report that it sounded like somebody was climbing on the tractors, or you know they could smell that that exhaust, or or they uh, uh, could hear you know uh, like uh, talking like a farmer cussing or something like that. Back with the <laughs> Typical Nebraska stuff. But uh, things like that uh, happen in the fall months. And then in the winter months, uh, it kind of slows down because there isn't as much uh, in the way of people. But back in a lot of the craft buildings, the sewing or the spinning wheels, the looms, that kind of stuff, you can hear that that chick, 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 chick of the, the wheel spinning. Or you'll hear the the sound of the, the loom the uh, being pulled so you to tamp in i know there's a technical term for it but to to tighten up the weave as the loom is being uh pulled back that kind of stuff you'll hear occasionally oh my god 
I'm covered in goosebumps. <laughs> That's how I know when people are telling the truth. Goosebumps. It's my ESP. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, you find a, a job in law enforcement or in, uh, in as a lawyer. You know? <laughs> Tell the truth immediately because you got right. goosebumps. The, the secret service is calling for you. I am the lie detector. Oh my god, that's insane though. My eyes are I wonder I wonder if it's like a whole myriad of different ghosts that are sort of going about the activities that they once did or whether or not maybe it's like history replaying itself in some sort of paranormal way because I always hear about that sort of thing happening as well. Yeah. Like how they just they're always stuck in a repetition. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really hard to say because with a lot of that kind of stuff, uh, you know, they say if you buy something from someone and an exchange of money, you know, there isn't supposed to be any of that tie to it anymore. But a lot of the items were purchased um, a long, long time ago by the uh, original founder of the museum, Harold Warp. But after about 1983, I believe, um, when the place became a nonprofit foundation, a good share of what we got on collection was donations and a good share of those donations were in somebody's will where the kids, if the kids didn't want it, then send it to the pioneer village museum kind of a thing. Uh, so uh, it's really hard to say what it is. Cause I, I you, there's so many cars and tractors in the buildings. I have no idea which one I heard the car door slam from. You know, if it was a donated mm. one or a purchased one, same thing with the tractors, because there's over 350 cars in those in the museum. So it's really difficult to tell which would be the the one that something would be tied to. I've never really been able to pick yeah. up on those high packed uh, type vehicles on which ones have any kind of spiritual anything to them or not. Interesting. I think now would be a good time to sort of ask what can be found within the museum like what's the museum showcasing yeah the museum itself uh, it's a huge massive complex and i've got 13 years of tour guiding type thing that i can put behind this so <laughs> it's uh, over 50,000 items uh and 26 buildings and that last census of how many items we had was back in 2010 so this year being 2000 well this upcoming year being 2020 we'll recount them again and i'm guessing we'll be well over 60 if not 70,000 at this point uh, we haven't. That sounds like so much fun for you. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, almost all of them are on record. Uh, when we take in items, we count them right away. It's just getting the computer to spit out the right information on uh, yeah. what is and isn't here. But yeah, no, I'm not going to go out there and hand count. No way. Not <laughs> yeah. do an inventory at the end of the year with a couple hundred T-shirts, let alone that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like making sure you count all those haunted spoons or the, you know, the cutlery. Yeah, I got to yeah. line up your spirits, get them and count. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Hey, we'll let some, some people come in here at Halloween. You can spook if you help us count right now. Just make marks on the ground, you know. <laughs> yeah. Turns out they're just marking a summoning circle for <laughs> Satan. Oh, my God. A summoning circle for Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, when the, that's when the museum will get real spoopy. 
no joke. Yeah. And, well, and in some of the uh, tractor buildings and the agricultural buildings, there's the giant size that they used to use to cut wheat and stuff. So, oh, you know, no. got, got to be careful around those. We have a lot of people that tell us those freak them out. Uh, I don't, I think that has more to do with popular culture than it does anything else because they are so <laughs> yeah. impractically oh, yeah. large that they're not, you would not be able to swing this at somebody and catch anything but the ankles. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just a ghost, the uh, grim reaper that kills you by taking your ankles yeah. out. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Well, I've seen House of Wax and how they fucking cut the guy's Achilles heel. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's effective. Maneuver. It's very effective by the looks of it. <laughs> no joke, drop them and leave them in the aisles. Blah. <laughs> yeah. Blah. That's why there's so many ghosts. Yeah, well, and they're all over the place. It is really hard to say if it's one ghost that just really likes cars or if it's you know, because mm -hmm. we have three separate car buildings that are specifically dedicated to cars, as well as uh, the main building, which is kind of a showcase of a little bit of everything. So there's some cars up there, too. Um, I have had the least number of experiences, though, in the main building, uh, the main, the largest of them and kind of a, an overall view of what all is in the collection. I've had the least number of experiences there, but I always feel like I'm being watched. And I don't know if that's just, no. yeah. And I don't know if that's because literally our back door opens up into the museum because uh, I'm required to live on site with the job. Uh, yeah. And so I don't know if it's just because as you go through that door, the boss's office is like, you can see the boss's office from our back door. So I don't know if it's that or if it's anything else, but it always feels like somebody's watching you uh, walking through that, oh. that section. But there's all sorts of amazing things in there that, that, people have had experiences with um we've had people that have told us that they're walking when they're walking in the dolls like the very typical horror movie where you see all the porcelain <laughs> dolls lined up you know that same thing yeah. and whether or not i've never had an experience with them but whether or not that's you know popular culture or something real who's to say you know it's it's really tough. i'm gonna put it down to popular culture because my nan had literally her whole house used to just be porcelain dolls and it would fucking creep me out <laughs> yeah. and i think it's just like they're a creepy fucking thing they don't have to be haunted they're just creepy <laughs> as shit exactly and we and we have some old old ones from like the 19 i think we might even have some from the 1800s but i can't 100 say no. but i know we had a woman that tap out yeah i know we had a woman that donated i think it was like 150 or 200 different porcelain dolls all unique um to the museum and I helped no. set up that display and it was nuts. Um, <gasps> but there are all sorts of strange stuff in there. And it's that whole, it always makes me laugh when you guys uh, would talk about haunted items and don't touch them kind of a thing. And it's like, I'm in this building every day touching these displays because <laughs> somebody's got to dust. It. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> got to dust, move around so on and so forth. How many ghosts can Bob have attached to him today? <laughs> much, yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that I like smell permanently like sage at this point, I think it would probably have something to do with it. Thank God for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brush my teeth with some sage, rub some sage in the shower, <laughs> pop my food with it constantly. You gotta, you gotta be prepared. No joke, I'm gonna put out a line of sage body mist now, make a million. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That would actually sell pretty well because like, okay, 
So the unearthed crystals is where I have been buying a lot of crystals and bought a $200 advent calendar from. Um, they have like body mists and stuff. And I'm like, they should do a sage mist. So maybe you should do the sage mist. A holy water sage mist. Yes. <laughs> Business ideas. Let's get rich. Get my wife, uh, my wife is uh, Catholic for anybody that doesn't know, but um so yeah, get her to, to uh, get some of the holy water from the the church itself. Bring it down, mix it up. Only go to hell a little bit for product, you know, for sending that. <laughs> yeah. All my friends are down there, so I'll be okay, I guess. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably meet you there. Yeah. <laughs> Familiar faces, at least. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It always makes me wonder when people say you they have a special uh, a special spot in hell saved for me. I'm like, okay, is there cake? Is there snacks? You know, what's what's this <laughs> special spot I keep hearing about? <laughs> I question what you've been doing in your life if you've had people been telling you that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so have you always had a belief in ghosts or has it been sort of something that you've kind of grown into now that you've curated this haunted museum? For like 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and I guess it's actually longer than that because we originally moved in in uh, 2000, so this is 2019 now. Oh. I've worked there since 2003, but we've been here for almost 20 years. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think oh. I've always pretty much believed in ghosts. I mean, it was, it was one of those things where I would have been young enough when we first moved here. I would have been like 10 or 11. So I would have been, you know, still open to the idea of magic and ghosts and everything being 100% real. Why would it not be? But, um, and then I think with just the weird experiences, I never really questioned that there are ghosts and spirits and everything else. Besides the car doors and exhausts and stuff, is there any other kind of things that happen in the museum that you've experienced or anyone else has experienced? Yeah, there's a massive laundry list. And so I can I can go through some of the most <laughs> popular ones that because it, it's one of those where one person has a paranormal experience and all of a sudden their friend did too. And it's like, well, you didn't speak up the first time, so who knows? But the one thing uh, are you telling the truth? I don't know. I'll get goosebumps if I know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. My spidey sense is tingling there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, the rash is developing again. ESP. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spend enough time there, and I think you almost have to. Um, so <laughs> uh, the most famous ones that we hear the most about would be there's a little girl supposedly that stands in the second floor of the Elm Creek Fort. I have seen movement no. in that second floor window, but I haven't seen a little girl. But everybody says the same. Oh. They, you come in. Yeah, you come out the back door of the main building, and the first building on the list, number two building, is the Elm Creek Fort. And so you exit out the door, and then people look at the Elm Creek Fort from the outside, and one of the big features is there's that window on the second floor. And so everybody looks at it, and they'll see a little girl there and not think anything of it. But you can see anybody that exits that building from that back door. So they go straight from the back door into the building, walk up the stairs and there's nobody in that building at all but they oh know they saw a little girl there and we've had employees that have said the same thing that they've seen somebody in there and they just ignore it they they know nobody's in there they're not going to go check it out and it's always yeah. a little girl with that that bonnet type thing and she's always in a blue kind of 
not spotted. It's that pattern, the blue with the little like flowery, white flowery type things in it. Oh, okay. yeah. We actually have dresses in store that have that kind of pattern on them. So that's going to be good today. <laughs> Go to Cotton On and get your secondhand haunted clothing. <laughs> One of them starts like floating around and dancing. Probably. I mean, we do have a ghost in the shop, but that's a different, that's another story. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a different day. Podcast. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's no. so creepy. Does anyone feel any kind of, uh, obviously they don't feel any sort of malevolence or evil from her if she's just staring and sort of minding her own business? Yeah, I think because nobody ever feels anything when they're inside the building. Um, we had a paranormal group that came out back, I don't remember what year it was, sometime between 05 and 07, because I graduated high school in 07 and moved out. Um, so it would have been in those two years, uh, we had a paranormal investigation type group that came out. And unfortunately, most of their video and stuff was lost to time. I've searched YouTube forever to try and find it and haven't been able to. But they uh, were able oh. to pick up uh, some things on those EMF, I believe is the abbreviation, electromagnetic field uh, sensors. Uh, they picked up some mm -hmm. red lining on those and they reported temperature changes, but this was October and the windows are drafty. So that <laughs> speculative on them. Yeah. Well, and I've never really noticed anything personally there as far as like cold spots or anything, but um I, nobody really feels anything in that building. It's just one of those of surprise because they see a little girl in the window, expect people in the building, walk into the building and find yeah. nobody. But very rarely does anybody see her again. Like if they exit the building and look at that window, very rarely does anybody say they saw her a second time. It's always just that. They don't get a phone call saying seven days after the <laughs> <Yeah. scene. laughs> <laughs> On the back of their souvenir receipt, it says seven days. <laughs> to return or exchange <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. make a donation now or it'll be five days <laughs> uh, what uh items are within the building the little lady is within yeah it's a actual elm it's uh, a fort that used to be in elm creek nebraska um so it was an actual uh timber fort uh back in the pioneer days and so it is the full setup mm -hmm. of what came with the fort, basically. Uh, there's the old uh, straw-filled mattresses with the rope-bound beds. There's all the period clothing that would have been, maybe not necessarily with that fort, but all of the appropriate clothing. Uh, there's an old organ in there. There's uh, a bunch of the rare corn that used to be grown, uh, some of the uh, native crop that would have been grown here. There's uh, a full setup of the little crib that used to in there and that's what freaks people out with yeah the crib like freaks people out a little bit but it's technically way too small to fit the little girl that everybody sees but it still <laughs> freaks them out with the whole crib being up there and that's what everybody believes is haunted but it's yeah it's just basically right. full of everything period appropriate um most of it came with it itself and i can get you guys okay. pictures and stuff to put up on instagram uh, and oh yes, please. <laughs> yeah, no problem. But yeah, so there's just basically everything that would have been within a fort, an Elm Creek uh, within the old fort is still basically in there. Was it used for like, I know, uh, like civil war or something along those lines? 
It would have been before that era, but there would have been the Native American attacks and that kind of stuff that were, you know, happening when the West was first being settled. Um, so that kind of stuff would have wow. happened clear back uh, when it was first built, but we don't have any uh, evidence to show that that one was attacked at a specific time or any lives were lost, anything like that. Fair enough. It's kind of oh, it's so interesting. Yeah. Oh my god. Belinda's like half of this whole entire time. She's <laughs> shaking her head, gone. Nope. 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 <laughs> Makes you guys want I mean, to come visit. I still love to go more. there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just might be in full nope mode by the time I get there. <laughs> head permanently retracted into your neck. Permanent like, oh. goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Standing gonna weave a blanket out of pure sage leaves to drape around <laughs> i am the queen of sage and have a robe and a nice crown exactly just walking through no one gonna touch me motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> exactly get one of those foggers out and just fog in the entire place <laughs> smoking cigarettes that are just sage and just sage <laughs> just yeah, smudge, yeah. smudge stick that you're smoking <laughs> Oh, that's great. Smudge cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's another business. I, I feel like we're getting on something. Yes. <laughs> By the time this uploads, that's already copyrighted. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Trademark, patented. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. The way you do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what are some other notable kind of experiences that people have recounted? Yeah, so after the Elm Creek Fort, building number three is the general store, and it is it, it is a general store. Like the anything that you could have possibly imagined, the pioneers and the early settlers meeting is in there. Uh, clothing, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, clothing, kitchen stuff. Uh, there's even like some small cauldrons there, uh, guns, crocs, ammo, uh, hats, shoes, you name it, it's there. Uh, so that building, people get kind of a a really anxious feeling from like you're you know you're standing in line at the store and there's a bunch of people crowding you from behind and you're like yeah i want to check out and get out of here people get that kind of anxious feeling while they're in there but no real just regular shopping for us yeah <laughs> but no real spirits have ever been seen there uh, or experienced it's just that feeling of you know anxious need to go kind of a thing like you're in a hurry just the vibes. That's so interesting. There's the next building on the list. Uh, the next two buildings on the list really don't have anything paranormal about them. But it, yeah, if you want to talk more about the general store, I can answer some more questions if you have. Yeah, it, that's so strange that there'd be like a general feeling that's sensed sort of by a lot of people that enter there. Yeah. Especially one of anxiousness. Yeah. It, but no other sort of spirits have been kind of manifest or anything. Yeah, yeah, and, just the vibes. And people may have seen something. The really tough thing is nobody really wants to talk about it, especially the generation that we cater to. They're, you know, it's it's mostly, you know, grandparents bringing their grandkids. And so the only time you really hear anything is if the grandparent or if the grandkids are saying, oh, my gosh, did you see that? I saw somebody, whatever, you know, it's it's really hard to get anybody to actually come forward and say that they've seen anything or felt anything. Um, it's mostly oh, they'll it, come up. Old people. Yeah, it's mostly, you know, if anybody does come up and say anything, it's because, like, I'll be out mowing or something, and they're like, hey, has anybody told you that, 
you know, there's a really cold spot in this building or whatever. And it's like, yeah, heard that before, as a matter of fact. Oh. But other than that, it's really hard to get anybody to openly come out and say they've seen or experienced anything with it. Hmm. You should keep, like, a leather-bound journal <laughs> with, all the, with all the encounters listed with Exactly, yeah. I probably should try and keep track of those. You could be the true haunted curator of the museum. <laughs> <laughs> and then get a BuzzFeed article with the most haunted museum yeah, in Nebraska. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, I'd say in the world, but yeah. there is also the Warren's Museum. So. The Warren's Museum. Yeah, I would 100% say we are nowhere near the most haunted place in the, or museum <laughs> in the world, even maybe, you know, the United States. Simply because it's rare enough for stuff to happen. And most of the stuff that I've experienced is me experiencing it. And so it's really hard to for other people that are only there for, you know, four or five hours to really get any of those same senses. And a lot of paranormal stuff happens at night when the museum is closed. So it's the alarms go off because there's a spider that made a web in front of one of the alarms or something. <laughs> it's so windy, the doors rattle enough to set them off. Stuff like that happens often enough that when I'm out there, that's when I experience things. It's not really during yes. the day. Oh, well, that's the most vulnerable time for someone to go and you know try and walk through the museum. So that's probably... we know that spirits are nocturnal. Yeah, they come out at night. Commonly known fact. <laughs> well, and that was the worst thing when Pokemon Go first came out. Is there were I think three Pokemon Go, or no, there was uh, one gym and six Pokestops within the museum itself. And so people would regularly, what? yeah, kids would regularly climb over or under the fence to try and you know get in to get those Pokemon things because they didn't want to walk around wow. the block; they wanted to cut through. Oh my god. It was the best. We had more <laughs> trouble with that the first six months of it than anything else. You're like waking up at night, oh, the alarms are going off again. Damn ghosts. And you see a bunch of teenagers <laughs> crowded in a circle, <laughs> phones lit up. Exactly. I remember when Pokemon Go came out, and at the time I was still working in my store in Indrapilly, um, which is Brisbane, North Brisbane. And um, there was literal groups that would meet up out the front of our store and we, there would be like a pokemon in the store and they're like yeah we're just gonna come in here and catch this pokemon i'm like get the fuck out <laughs> like no. no you can't and they were literally two were like around the whole center going finding all the pokemon and everything like literally and that was the only time it was fucking busy in our wow. store <laughs> yeah that was such a fad for a quick minute yeah we all knew it was gonna die quickly i had a not paranormal but still pretty spooky uh experience with pokemon go oh, i went for a run trying to catch a uh, diglet i believe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the most I joined of, in. Them. of course yeah. <laughs> i it was night time at this point probably like 9 p.m and i was just going for a run to catch myself a diglet you know it does not sound good <laughs> i'm not yeah anyways I'll brush away from that sexual <laughs> potential. <laughs> Need to pour myself another drink before that joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ran down this weird side street that I'd never been down before and then, like, down another little way. And as I turned around a corner around this tree, there was this old lady with, like, long white hair 
with this white flowing gown and like she the wind was fairly strong so it was like blowing in the wind and stuff and i was just like mm, no <laughs> i turned around and <laughs> that's freaky but she was a real lady it was definitely a real lady though yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i was gonna say that would make it even more crazy <laughs> yeah and then she chased me <laughs> and that's yeah, that yeah that was a pretty weird circumstance but definitely not paranormal at all yeah, and I think that's probably one of the weirdest things about the museum is I don't know if the spirits and ghosts here are just lazy or what, but we rarely, if ever, have anybody say they got a bad feeling from something. It's always just, uh, you know, the feeling of the feeling of being watched is about as bad as it ever gets. Otherwise, it's all just mm. they they thought they heard something, smelled something, uh, saw something. You know that that's about the worst that it gets there. Even stuff moving doesn't really happen that often. Mm. It could be a lot about the sort of time period they come from. That everyone was potentially maybe on edge uh, with the attacks and things of that nature. So maybe they're just kind of keeping their eye out on guard, watching. Mm. Very well Making could sure be. It's hard to happen. I'm going to say, the next two buildings in the list don't really have much for paranormal activity. It's the old land office where uh, the next one would be the land office where people go to to make their claim on a certain amount of land uh, for homesteading. And then the one after that is the firehouse. Uh, and there's a really weird – everybody swears it's haunted, but we – it's just that it's a weird thing to be in a, a firehouse. Uh, it's an old jail cell, and it's one of those iron um, – like just strips of iron in a big rectangle, uh, basically, um, jail cell. And everybody's super freaked out by it. But it's more just because everybody's afraid to get locked into it, I think. Because we, yeah. other than just kids saying they really don't like it, we haven't had anybody really report anything there. Um, so I, don't, I really don't know what to make of that since it's just kids who were screwing around trying to get inside of it that said they don't like it. But um, yeah, the, the sort of feeling of being trapped and whatnot is probably enough that's to probably the fear spooky. yeah i mean when we went to the jail which was haunted the uh bogo road the bogo road jail yeah just being in some of those cells you know although they are technically haunted it being in it would be like a like, claustrophobic feeling as well because they would some like some of the cells would still have the beds in there and you could see how small and how much space you didn't have yeah yeah so while you're standing in there you do feel really scared and anxious you feel your freedom taken away yeah and it's just it's just um mind over whatever <laughs> what's supernatural what's matter. the what's the saying <laughs> But it's really, it was, yeah, really all in your head. So that's probably what they're experiencing. They're like, oh, that's a jail cell. That means you get locked in there. That means I don't have freedom. I'm fucking scared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they've probably done something wrong as well. You know, breaking and Guilty minds. Pokemon. Guilty minds. Yeah. Well, in the... Guilty. I have a guilty mind. Yeah, and it also has one of those giant padlocks with the skeleton key type lock ah. that goes with it, and so everybody's super freaked out that if they that'll do it, yeah, that if they click it shut, that it'll lock, and nobody has the key to it, so on and so forth. Well, I mean, if you don't have the key, I'm pretty sure you've got like a welder or what's the things <laughs> yeah. that a grinder, angle grinder, to. But 
you don't want to ruin like a perfectly good heirloom. So the kids got to. So I mean, they're just gonna have to. Yeah, and actually, one of the very, <laughs> that's their home now. Yeah, and one of the very first things I learned how to do there was pick locks because it would never fail that somebody would climb into a car and manage to lock one of the doors. So that's actually one of the very oh first things God. I learned how to do was was pick locks. It was great. <laughs> that's a good life skill to have. <laughs> yeah like, yeah no joke my face just lit up i was like oh picking locks let's get into that no joke it's only slightly questionable <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting to realize why these people were damning you to hell now pretty much yeah it's gotta be taking the cars <laughs> what do you mean all those cars in the museum bob stole them let's just get that out there pretty much yeah like people get pissed off. What do you mean I wasn't supposed to come in here? I can smell you were cooking something tasty. I wanted a bite. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so you have shared a couple of videos with us lately. Well, me particularly, but I've shown Belinda as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, you're showing her my vids I'm sending you, Brayden? Jesus. Warn <laughs> me next time. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to show her that rare diglet that you have. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, well, I forgot what I was saying completely now. <laughs> Look back at your notes. Oh, Look at your notes. Videos, yes. uh, in those videos, you have been trying to contact some of the spirits within the museum. I was wondering if you'd care to elaborate on some of the sort of techniques you're using to uh, assist yourself in contacting these spirits? Yeah, a lot of uh, the contacting, like, it's very, very formal what I sent you guys in the videos, but a lot of the time when we would, like, be walking around or when I would be walking around mainly and there would be some sort of weird whatever, I would just talk to whatever that spirit type thing would be, like a normal individual and so I think that's part of why I've been able to to interact with so many of the spirits is I'd be walking through something would go boom or bang or clack or whatever I'd be like hey that's enough none of that we're closing settle down but I just keep on going <laughs> like would like it was just a, a kid that was screwing around and shouldn't have been um, so what I was sent you in the videos is a lot more formal but I do attempt to because I believe in intention is a lot of what makes, you know, magic or um, spells or whatever you want to call it work. And so the ritual of doing it is setting that intention and really focusing on it. So there's a thousand different ways to do, you know, to try and contact things. I found a poem that I really, really liked uh, that I can send you guys if you want to put it up. Um, that is That's supposed awesome. to comment uh, to, to contact spirits. And I haven't had any luck with it yet, but that being said, in the last, I don't know how many months it's been, I've been attempting to do it. I've only actually gone out about five times, pretty much just on the full moons to try and get something um, because I just super busy, haven't had time. But uh, basically what I do is get myself in the proper mindset. So before I go out, I uh, shower, bathe, whatever, to you know cleanse myself of the day, to rid myself of any of the negativity or anything that might be clinging to me. Uh, then a lot of times I will do something like self care wise or whatever. I'll, I'll have a drink, I'll, you know, make myself a snack, something, whatever, to get myself in a positive mood and to, you know, really feeling good. Uh, and then when I go out, I take something of the four elements, uh, because I'm very, very connected with the elements as far as 
believing that there needs to be a balance there. So I'll have a candle, I'll have a bowl of water, I'll have uh, some sort of representation of earth, be that be one of my little succulent plants that I bring with or uh, acorn leaves, stuff like that. Uh, and then let's see, to represent the element of air, usually with that I use... Um, Heavy breathing. Yes, heavy breathing. I go out there, Darth Vader, <laughs> just... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Usually I use a symbolic <laughs> representation for air, which is the spoken word or like a piece of music or I'll play some music or something like that in order to to have that element of air invoked. Uh, then after that, I just sit down, uh, hold the circle and uh, chant uh, to further that air. You know, whatever I've written down, I chant or uh, speak out. Uh, and attempt to contact. Uh, so it's it's really casual compared to some of the crazy circles that I know different covens and groups do. But uh, it, it works for me well enough. I, I feel things, I feel sensations, and I might hear something, uh, you know, far off or think I hear something, but nothing really enough to pick up yet. Uh, hopefully that'll change in the future when I have a little bit more time mm. to focus on it. Just keep provoking them. You know, something will happen. They all know this. Hey, hey, you ghost bitches. Come on, bring it. (laughs) Just stop burning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a fucking burn your tractor. I'll tell you now. (laughs) Go into the one. I'm putting the wrong kind of oil in your tractor. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to go say. uh, What I was going to say. Go back in the car buildings with a, with a, uh, like some lawnmower oil and be like, I'm going to fill this up. Just you watch. (laughs) <laughs> Go back to the tractor building and start shouting corn sucks. <laughs> <laughs> corn sucks. Pretty sure that'll get me kicked That's out of like, Nebraska. Oh, hell no. No joke. I'm pretty sure that'll get me kicked out of Nebraska, though, if I say it too loud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the corn state, as I know it. Pretty much. That's all I know about it. Yeah, me as well. <laughs> it's like that Family Guy episode where they, you know, the, the joke about what a farmers talk about. You know, the farmers sitting there at the bar makes absolutely no mention or whatever, and then corn. Oh yeah, corn. I'll talk about corn. How's the corn going? <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> like Oh, it's great. Like I legitimately, I bought a newspaper on Friday because I try and get the weekend paper, and there was an what? insert in it that was a 2019 corn report. I kid you not. I'll send you guys a pic of it after. Wow. It's, it's literally in everything. Yes. <laughs> I'm just imagining that happening. Then you turn on the news, and it's like. Hello and welcome to 2019's Corner Corner. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, and that actually is. There is a deal on the news every day that uh, says the current uh, prices of the different crop, cattle, corn, everything like that, every day. And then same thing on the radio, AM radio. That's so Nebraska. 100%. I love it. I love it. <laughs> anyway, back to the ritual sort of stuff. Um, I definitely yeah, <laughs> sidetracked on corn. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's a good subject. It's a good subject. It is. I could talk about it for hours. It was born in me. I can't I can't help it. Do you know how many things you can make with corn? Like seriously. It's a mess. Maze. 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 Sorry. Okay. I'm done. That was from grown ups. Speaking of maze, actually sidetrack. Do you have corn mazes out there? Oh uh, yeah, we do. Uh actually we took the girls to two of them this year. So yeah, a maze wow. maze? Yes, exactly. That's insane. Maze. 
A lot of times, though, <laughs> the ones that do it, you have to be a little bit careful with depending on uh, the farmer because if there's too much chemical that has been sprayed on the field and everything else, you don't exactly want people wandering through it. So usually the corn oh, that wow. is grown for corn mazes is an entirely different type of corn than what's grown for cattle feed and for other things. So it's yeah. weird little tidbits of knowledge that you pick up from living in it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to catch a contact high from the corn. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> having detasseled Man, corn for like Yeah, well and having detasseled corn for a number of years, it's not good what it does. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly notice that no bugs will come near you. <laughs> like, what's yeah. happening? That would be a positive effect. <laughs> I'd take that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, back again to the back to the ritual. <laughs> Yeah. I definitely find well I I definitely believe that a lot of intention is 95% of all sort of belief in the paranormal and sort of repelling them or attracting them and a lot of it has to do with sort of the charisma and the personality like the personal belief you have within a certain thing for it to actually work like say for instance like a Ouija board or holy water like, I don't believe that either of those things would work if you didn't have a belief in them. Yeah, exactly. That's a good share of what, what I practice and believe is that it's all intention and belief. If you don't believe, it's not going to happen. Just like those self-affirmation things. If you keep telling yourself you're crap, you're going to be crap. If you tell yourself you're going to be great, you'll eventually be great. You know, it's all intention. Exactly. But you can't tell yourself that you're tall because I've tried that and it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying the whole, I'm skinny, I'm skinny, I'm skinny. I can fit into the size 10, but it's not working yet. Now let me eat this ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Say, Brayden, you... I mean, Brayden did bring home Reese's Pieces ice cream, so... <laughs> Blame Brayden. It was so good. <laughs> so you'd mentioned the sage and whatnot. You constantly smelling like sage now. You've recently been making smudge sticks have you not correct yeah and i'm actually getting ready to send a bunch of them to you uh, i'm gonna do the ritual part of it and send you guys all that video and whatnot uh because i i honestly like that's one of the things that i'm always hesitant about is okay i might be buying the smudge stick from somebody but how did they make it how did they procure everything you know is it all on the even and level or did they just buy it from the cheapest supplier they could and wrap it together you know hmm. so i think you know actually i think one one fun thing about that as well would be uh i believe we've discussed and it was your idea giving these sage sticks out to potential new patron patrons who join our patreon exactly so they can to stay protected from the eternal darkness of course yes yeah 100 percent intend on doing that right now it looks like i'm going to be able to get you guys because they're all to get them all the same it looks like i'm going to be able to get about 20 25 of them uh packed up that i'll be able to send you guys and still have some leftover ones here that have got pretty much everything in them just missing one or two things nice so like what's the process and like you go um you've got other herbs that you do with it like lavender and thyme and stuff is that correct yeah yeah i get a whole smorgasbord of different uh herbs in it mm -hmm. uh i like to use uh cedar because one i like the smell of cedar and cedar has uh very all of the different herbs and stuff have very 
cleansing properties about them. It's just what do they cleanse, um, either negativity, spirits, um, bad intention, bad thoughts, uh, dreams, you know, nightmare type stuff. Uh, depending on the whole which source book you look at for different herbal uh, affinities and what they're good for. Uh, I use cedar as the main base because it has that strength to it. Um, and then we also use uh, rose petals. Uh, we use lavender. We use uh, mugwort, which is black sage. Uh, we use some white sage, but it's hard to get because of that whole uh, sourcing and um, it doesn't grow native, at least anywhere near me that I found. Uh, I do use a lot of Russian sage uh, for the same purpose. It has much of the same smell. And then also um, thyme, thyme, or rosemary, excuse me. Rosemary is the other one that I use in my smudge sticks. That's so cool. And they all have um, different benefits. Like what, what kind of benefits would you get from each individual thing? Yeah, let me bring up my cheat sheet real quick. It'll take just a Ooh, second. Yes, please. A cheat sheet? I have a little smudge so uh, cool. cleansing book, and I've only read the first three pages, so... <laughs> You know, I'll yeah. get around to it. has spells in there. Has oh. fucking spells. So I'm gonna get to reading it. What what kind of spells are you looking to cast? Uh money. Money spell? It says on the blurb on the back, it's like love, money. And I'm like <laughs> love. I've money. got the love. I need the money now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, white sage is the most known uh, ceremonial type smudge plant. Uh, it's basically used to change the mood and energy in the room. Uh, so used for cleansing and purification, just general. Uh, and then lavender is used more for psychic protection, clairvoyance, uh, creating the energy of happiness, healing, for, uh, purification, and tranquility. Uh, you know, use lavender for aromatherapy to help relax you and calm your mind and that kind of stuff. Has the same kind of basic effect when used ceremonially. Uh, mugwort or black sage is used to get rid of negativity um, and is also used for stimulating dreams. Therefore, a lot of times it's used before, uh, you know, at night or whatever to cleanse a room right before meditating or sleeping or something along those lines. Um, cedar is used to drive out negative energy to bring in good influences and to bless a home uh, when it's first, you know, somebody moves into it. So that would be more to me uh, allowing for good in as opposed to getting rid of negativity or whatever is more of what I use it for. And then rosemary, uh, it's a powerful cleanser um, and also cleanses your own aura. It's associated with fire, the sun, and masculine energy. Um, but that's mostly for me. The, these are just very typical ones. I use white sage as a all-around, all-purpose type of cleanse, uh, purification type thing. Uh, lavender is very relaxing, brings about dreams. Uh, I, you know, that whole psychic block uh, protects your mind a little bit. Uh, mugwort is to get rid of negativity um, and also stimulating dreams and relaxation. Those two kind of work in combo. Cedar I've always viewed as more of a house blessing, more physical protection uh, attracting good as opposed to getting rid of something. Uh, and then rosemary, very common uh, kitchen witch type ingredient, uh, very much used in cleansing and in personal. You know, you take it in when you breathe it in and it stays within you, cleanses your aura kind of a thing. But those are just kind of my stands on it. And white sage I use in substitute to 
uh, or I mean Russian sage, I use in substitute to white sage in most things simply because that's what grows natively here. Yeah, I love my white sage stick. It smells so good. It's one of the only things that I can actually sort of smell. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do feel better, like, after we do a round of the house and, like, cleanse ourselves. I feel so fucking relaxed. Like, I have no anxiety. Yeah, you're so chill after we light some sage. I get so chill. It's as if <laughs> I've just, like, sprayed marijuana around the room. You know, <laughs> my... Got to get that sprayed marijuana. Yeah. Sprayed it. Yeah, exactly. That's, I'm going to stick with sprayed. That was the word. THC sprayed. <laughs> Oh boy! I'm gonna say I think that's a different kind of smudge stick, but you know. <laughs> but that's like the effect that I get. It's just like I'm so relaxed, and I don't have any anxiety. I just minus all the giggles and the munchies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it is one of those things where a good smudge stick, if wrapped tightly enough and used properly, can last forever. And even after you get done putting it out, if you leave it you know, out in a bowl or wherever you set it, it'll continue to to smell, you know, to make the room smell good for however long until you actually bag it up and seal it. So it's, I love smudge sticks. Yeah. They're amazing. They're so good. I feel like smudging the house now. Yeah, I really want to do it now. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. After I get done talking to people, a lot of people have that same, uh, you know, thought process. Smudge the room. We just got to stop the above. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's a special place for him in hell. Smudge ourselves to get rid of this energy. Exactly. Yeah, I sprayed it in my face like mace. Like, no, I like the smell of sage. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Usually that probably only happens when you're stealing their cars, though. So, yeah. Well, you got to make a living somehow. So, yeah. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I think we've been going on for like an hour now. So. Thanks so much for joining us, Bob. Yeah, 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 I'm glad to be here. It's a lot of fun to talk with you guys because I know I'm like smart assing around all the time on chat and you know making fun of the stuff <laughs> that you talk about. But yeah, no, it's good to actually be on. I was hoping that the first time I was on, I was able to get you guys something more concrete, you know, some strange video evidence or something. But I'm still working on it, and hopefully, I'll be on again when I actually have some of that in hand. hundred percent. Even if you don't, we'll love to just have you on to chat again. So I like the fun. <laughs> also, I didn't have to do any research, so like <laughs> that's my favorite podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the torch to bother. <laughs> exactly. Happy to help. It's your off week. I get it. We need it. I'm doing a seven day week, and I know you work more hours, more days than that in a row, but I don't. So. Infinite days in a row yeah, pretty much. That's the one bad thing about literally living on site and being salary is I'm on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But it it pays and, and it sucks, but, you know, it got to pay the bills. That's right. Yeah, that's it. So where can people find you on the interwebs, Bob, if they want to follow up and listen to some of your stuff? Or on the dark web, whatever. Yeah. The dark web. Yeah, let me get you. Yeah, let me get you that social security number for people. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, they can look me up on Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, pretty much type in Druidic Bob or Druid Bob, and you'll find me. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much my moniker for all things. Um, otherwise, you can check out our podcast or our website, uh, www.theadventuringguild.com, uh, and our podcast currently the only one running is homebrew review but very soon we will have the chaos plan split up 
So if you like nerdy D&D goodness and want to roll some dice, hit us up there because uh, Braden, as everybody knows, is a member of it and uh, frequently subjects me to torture when he DMs and vice versa. (laughs) Yes, I have a lot of fun over there. And you can go and support Bob and the Adventuring Guild on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the dot adventuring guild is above. Uh, yeah, it's either the dot the adventuring guild or the adventuring guild. I never remember which. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them. Type it in, you'll find it. <laughs> exactly. We're the only adventuring guild on there. You'll find us. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find Belinda and I on Instagram at you mean a poltergeist and on Facebook and Patreon as well. You can find our personals at Braden Fiveash. B-R-A-Y-D-O-N number 5 A-S-H on Instagram. You can find mine at Bambi Mackers, B-A-M-B-I-M-A-C-C-A-S. Thank you for joining us for this very special episode. Thank you so much, Bob. And thank you, Bob. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I can't wait to listen to it live because I'm probably not going to remember half of what I said. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, I'll forget to. (laughs) It'll be a surprise for all of us. (laughs) Pretty much. Your drunk episode was last week. Mine's this week. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and remember to exercise regularly. All right. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.